listening to the Food Talk Show. Hi there, my name is Sue Nelson and for the next hour we're going to be talking about all things food. I'm joined by my fellow presenters Guy Routledge of Sapling Digital and Food Rush. Hello Guy. Hello Sue. Just had some lunch. I have. It was rather disappointing, but uh, at least I'm fueled for the uh, yes, for the hour say. ahead. So it's I, better than last week. I forgot to ask something, guy. How's the vegan thing going? We didn't talk about that last week. Ah, <laughs> uh, see, because Ollie's been away slacking off for so the last. So this is three Ollie weeks. Lloyd, our co-presenter from Great British Chefs. Yeah, go on, Ollie. <laughs> You're so mean to him. No, I just want to know. I keep it. We keep it. We know. I know a lot of our listeners want to know how the vegan yeah, process yeah, is going. So yeah. yes, well, uh, I still count myself as a part-time vegetarian. Uh, but we have, uh, we've recently been, <laughs> I know it's brilliant, isn't it? Part-time vegetarian. It means I can eat whatever I want, basically, yeah. like, a, like a real omnivore. Um, but we've come across a, a company recently called All Plants, who do a delivery service for plant, but frozen plant-based meals. We tried them out recently. They were brilliant. We should probably get them on the show. Plant-based as in, or just anything really, isn't it? Well, so anything that is plant-based, uh, that is not meat or dairy or anything so like that. So you get that in, get it out of the freezer and do it with some chicken. <laughs> then it's part vegetarian. Actually, that is yeah. a brilliant idea. He's a part-time idea. vegetarian. <laughs> I thought of that. That's a great idea. Yeah, right. Do you yeah. know, it's true, actually. In, in that research we did back in the early part of the year, we talked about the fact that 5% of the UK self-identified as vegans. We also found that a lot of vegans also ate meat. Yeah, which, that's Guy. Yeah, so, so, so you're not alone. Um, there's news. 5% of me somewhere yeah. else, which is nice to know. Yeah. I still think it's okay to like be vegan during the week and then, then you know, over the weekend. So you, you are eating less meat. That's a good thing. Yeah, but, definitely. You know, and that's exactly the, the the approach that we're taking. That's why I say part-time, because I do still eat meat and I do still drink milk or eat cheese because, you know, cheese is amazing. Cheese, I can't, um, so you couldn't give trying to, trying to eat more, you know, environmentally friendly, uh, eat more plant-based from a health perspective. So, yeah. It's a perfect segue. He did vegan for a month, though, so he claimed. He also went to... to um, <laughs> He went to a steak restaurant that month. Yeah, when he finished <laughs> on for his the, on birthday. The last day. Yeah. yeah, he went. No, oh, doesn't make sense. None of it makes sense at all. None of it makes. Sense. I don't make much sense ever. Anyway, I've, I've just sort of skated over the segue. I'll go back to that. So, so you're trying to be a bit more environmentally friendly. A bit more environmentally friendly. Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. And mm. uh, you know that leads us in nicely to uh, to one of our guests that we have on the show today. Yeah. So we've got Josh White from Cano Water. Hello there. Hello, Josh. Um, now you've got your cans in front of you. Um, I'm sure most people will have seen these because they're pretty much everywhere at the moment, aren't they? Yeah. They're doing well, with, uh, distribution. At the moment, yeah, they are in quite a few places. Uh, so they're, uh, they're sort of tall, thin uh, cans, so a normal can. Your sparkling spring water is black can. Yes. Very minimal, cool design. Yeah, really, really cool packaging. A little packaging. bit scandy, actually. Um, <laughs> and then your normal uh, spring water is in a white can. Indeed. Um, and the real thing about this is the top on it. Can you just explain? So it's not a ring pull, but they it, are, are they aluminium cans? So, uh, yes, it is an aluminium can with a resealable lid. Um, I guess when we started, we knew that, um, well, we thought that, yeah, to be competitive against plastic bottles, we would need a resealable lid. Um, 
we actually came we actually came across this lid on uh, page ten of Google. <laughs> page ten, <laughs> page ten you, you've got a lot of patience. <laughs> <laughs> we did, um, and yeah, it is. Um, there is a few resealable lids out there, um, but this was the one that sort of stood out to us. What did you search for on Google? <laughs> <laughs> resealable lid. Okay, <laughs> in checking. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So just to put it in context for everyone who's listening, we're we're literally talking about water in a can rather than water in a plastic bottle yes. with a resealable lid, yeah. which yeah. is so kind of cool. So you might think that was coconut water or, or, or something else, but, but actually it's just water. Yes. The, 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 the sort of mechanism at the top, what you have to do is flip it up, flip the tiny bit at the side up. Oh, look, Josh is just there. There sound, sound effects there. <laughs> um, and then what you do is you slide back uh, um, the, the, the sort of, it's almost like uh, it's plastic. You slide mm, yes. it back. Um, now, I use these uh, quite a lot because then what I do is once I've drunk that, I then refill them. Ah, that's a good idea. And that's the, you know, for me, that's the key. Yeah. That's not helpful to Josh. <laughs> mm, no, that isn't actually. I've just thought yeah. But it is helpful to the environment. Yeah. Yes, it is. Exactly. Yes. Josh is here for the environment, I am here not for the can, environment. Right? But to exactly. be fair, it only lasts for two or three. Yes. But um, uh, I really like the shape of it because actually I, f I find it difficult carrying a plastic bottle around or those new funky things where you, because they're like heavy. like the canteens. They're heavy though. Yeah, they are. Yeah, but, you know, they look kind of cool. But they yeah, are but heavy. They, I think they're quite difficult. And they're, whereas, whereas those are great. Yeah, so this is, uh, I'm just looking at the back, it's 330 mil. So it's it's a different shape to your typical can of, you know, soft drink. But if you're a girl yeah. you've got a handbag, although obviously mm. men are allowed handbags if they want them. Um, Look, I've got one behind me. <laughs> that fits really nicely. You see, and it's not heavy. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Uh, and it's, a, it's a, the right kind of serving size because, yeah. uh, you know, a 500 mil bottle or a 750 mil bottle off just water is uh, is usually more than you need in one go. And so mm. you end up it's carrying a, bit of a, a commitment. Yeah, exactly. Bit of a commitment there. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, Guy, I know on the Food Rush you've written quite a lot about plastic and, and all sorts of things. Mm. Can you just give us an update at the moment in terms of what you think um, in terms of plastic and how that's affecting? Yeah, so I mean, uh, it's it's the big industry. in the it's big in the news. It's uh, it's on everyone's mind. I think from you know from the the Blue Planet episode, which you know really kind of showed the scale and, and the, you know, some of the issues of this stuff. Uh, it's uh, yeah, it's a big deal. I mean, we've got some stats here in our in our research, which is. Uh, the amount of plastic in the ocean could circle the earth 425 times. I mean, that's insane, isn't it? Uh, and there's there's yeah, other things eight, out there. Eight million tonnes of plastic yeah. um, ending up in the ocean. And I think what sparked it for me, that for some reason in the public, is it seems okay, I'm, I'm saying that slightly ironically, to shove it all in landfill and bury it and we don't have a look at it. And yet, mm. so I think what people are really disgusted by is that it's floating around in the oceans and, and there's animals there and they're ingesting it. And, yes. and, that's the and thing. then so are we yeah. uh, and as so an end result. Yeah. And that's the thing that's really suddenly tipped everybody over the edge going, this can't go on. Yeah, and so it's the, the whole issue has become you know very much top of mind. I, I guess a little bit like how uh, how food waste kind of became something that people suddenly knew about and and were talking about and and you know trying to take steps to deal with in uh, either in business or in their daily lives and I think plastic is definitely now um, on a on a par with that. Um, but but I think for me what, what's made the difference is suddenly it, there's a visual aspect to it. Yes, and, and that's I think what's been the but tipping even, point. But even the stuff that goes into landfill, I mean, all of the plastic that has ever been made still exists. And whether it's in the ocean or, or buried under the ground somewhere, I mean, that's just a crazy, crazy stat. Well, I mean, it is. I mean, apparently it takes up to, although not necessarily always, but up to a thousand years for plastic to degrade. Um, and every single piece of plastic ever made, as you said, still exists today. So, mm. you know, I'm getting on a bit. So so half a century ago, I might have had something that, that was plastic and whatever that was is still around. I mean, it's 
stunning if you think about that. Mm, yeah, and I think there's also issues with how many times it can be recycled as well. So I think it <clears throat> it ends up degrading when you recycle it. So you can't get as many uses out of it. Whereas with aluminium, which uh, Josh, I believe your cans are made of aluminium. Um, yeah. We've been, uh, se- I think it's something like 75% of the aluminium that's ever been produced or uh, mine. I was going to say harvested, but mine, I think is the right <laughs> word. Um, that has um, it's still in use. You know, it's still in use yeah. since yeah. you know uh, the eighteen hundreds or something. Yeah, um, uh, and and that does mean it's it's more sustainable. Doesn't Absolutely. It? Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, have you got any thoughts, um, Ollie? Uh, are you feeling that that the plastic issue is affecting any of the chefs that you work with, or any of the brands that you're working with? Yeah, I mean, Luke Holder, who runs um, Limewood down um, in uh, the New Forest, was recently doing a massive campaign about you know no waste you know in terms of the packaging that comes into these kitchens because you know when you're running a massive hotel like Limewood it's not massive like 30 40 rooms but a big old operation you know the amount of waste that comes through is huge but i think what's interesting about what you're doing is, is you are addressing the on-the-go market where mm. historically there has not been a solution no. yeah i think for us um it was about creating a realistic solution um putting something yeah alongside an alternative alongside a plastic bottle um the reason i say realistic is because people you want to give people the choice obviously i think that some people have said to us um why not drink from the tap um why not um just sort of yeah carry around the flask but i think for us it was it was important to introduce something that is is on the go. Um, yeah, and one of your <clears throat> things, Ollie, isn't it, is trying to change behaviour is very hard. So, so to, you know, it's you know, impossible. Uh, yeah. So, so, sort of tap into the behaviour as opposed to, and then gradually shift. But you can't just shift people's behaviour that suddenly they're going to be filling up no, things with water every day. If you go back, I would say probably about two thousands when we all sort of started carrying around bottles of water that was kind of when i sort of remember at work people would have a large bottle of water on their desk and they would start to sort of drink from it um but i think what's interesting is you know obviously a lot of us live in cities nowadays a lot of us leave our desks for lunch you know and therefore we'll pick up a drink in order to you know get something and you know we are even told to carry a bottle of water on the tube when it is hot. Mm. If that That's ever happens right. again. Was it? Um, you know, maybe what you need to do is get the London Underground to change their phrase to say, <laughs> rather than carry a bottle of water on the tube, please a carry can. a can of water well, on the I tube. I believe there is a, a, a campaign. Call Sadiq Khan. <laughs> that's, no. that's on the go at the moment. It's called the Water for London campaign. And I believe they are putting um, like drinking fountains into mm. the tube so that you don't have to buy mm. something to take it down with you. I'm not sure how many people actually do that, but um, uh, yeah, basically bringing that access to water to people That's where they need it. used to happen like, donkey's years yeah, ago. You I'm know, sure. people used to have drinking fountains in the street that actually mm. were quite beautiful, you know, yeah, Victorian well. mm-hmm. type of things. Don't have those now. No. Okay. I think they're probably concerns safety. about health risks. Health and and stuff. safety. Um, they're always but then again, there. particularly with kids as well. I mean, I've got two, two small kids and, you know, they are always carrying water with them. It's mm. always like, you've got a bottle of water, you've got a bottle of water. It's expected. So I think, you know, of course. it's... I think, yeah, I think the uh, the fountains idea is, is, is a great idea. Um, but I still, yeah, I think there is always going to be a need for an on-the-go alternative. I think that what we've seen, yeah, people are so used to going and buying something or, or, or just p- picking something up and just, just wanting to walk around with it. I think it's more than just sort of like, it's more than just a, a bottle or a can of water to them. It's a prop. Yeah. So I I was saying earlier that I came across your brand for the first time at Christopher Rayburn's 
fashion show. Okay. I've no now, idea why you anybody, were there. If anybody's uh, not okay. seen Ollie, I mean, the thought of him going to fashion shows is just uh, uh, really funny. I really blame. I was so unfashionable that I can't tell you. <laughs> I have never seen a collection of such. I mean, Christopher Robin's an amazing guy who actually is, recycles. Yes. Um, he, Did they let um, you in? I'm actually trying to buy a coat from him at the moment. He makes the most amazing raincoat that's done from a recycled life raft that's on my hit wow. list. It's one of the most amazing things. Oh, but you guys were there, and I was yeah. like, who are these guys? And actually, weirdly, I actually opened the can for the first time last night, not knowing that you were on today. Okay. And um, the first time you open it, it's quite, you kind of, you have to sort of unlearn how to open a can. You do. You do. Um, I think that uh, it's a new technology, and I think that... Uh, but any, yeah, if you've never done something before, you've got to learn. How you have to, to do learn, it. and then after that, you're, yeah. you're done. I actually think that it's quite a good talking point. I mean, mm. we've seen people before that are uh, that someone will learn how to open it, and then they will go over to their friend and they will show them how to open <laughs> it, and it's actually become quite a, yeah a good talking point. But as you said before, Sue, because um, we're on radio, we're missing the sort of the intonation and the facial expressions that go with the word talking point. I think you're looking actually meaning chat up line. Yes, probably. Is what you're really saying. <laughs> so I think that the, way, the way you phrased it, I don't think it's necessarily <laughs> no, you clear. Say it. It's basically yeah. you're using that phrase. It's a social lubricant. Let me help you. Basically, don't seem to be out of, let, yeah. Oh, let me just help you with yeah. that. So That's I think that, that people, yeah, it, 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 it's once you know how to do it, you you know how to do it. It's it's like riding a bike, I guess. You you, you never forget how to. But nowhere near as complicated. <laughs> nowhere near as complicated. <laughs> it's opening a, it is opening a can. It is, exactly. exactly. Yeah. So exactly. Are, you, are you just so in terms as the business is is this proprietary technology that you guys have built? Is it what's the? So no, it's um it's 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 another company, a partner company that we that we are working with, um who created this lid, um and yeah we've we've built a great relationship with them um. Obviously, it's a fantastic piece of equipment. Um, yeah. And are you looking to expand beyond water? Is it so? Is Cano kind of what's the what's the business objective here? It's yeah. something that we're that we're definitely speaking about. Um, we are looking at all different sort of yeah, all different sort of sizes and all different t- types of ideas um, to really expand the brand. I guess what 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 we've seen in the past um, past two years, which has been a crazy journey is that yeah there is a um there is a demand for um alternative packaging to yeah to plastic and yeah ollie are you finding that um that all of a sudden everybody's going i don't want plastic thanks very much you know i've 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 suddenly decided that's not what i want and and now the rest of the industry's got like us it's almost like the space race they've got a race going on to say we need to find alternatives we need to find alternatives we know we've got plastic for certain things but we've you know and there's a sort of race going on behind the scenes i I was talking to to keith weed who's the cmo at Mm. unilever the other day and um he was talking about his whole drive around packaging at unilever and his comment was was that actually there is no imperative legally for them to change but what i think companies have to actually take on board is it's going to come and bite them and in the reality is, if you don't start that process today... Yeah, a bit like sugar tax, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. <laughs> if it suddenly comes in, you're going to be like, help, what do we do? And I think that's the interesting point, is that I think, you know, it's one of those things where, for me, it's exactly the same as the conversation we were having, you know, joking about veganism and, and the reduction mm. of meat consumption, is that these trends are not going away. Mm. Where they end is very, very hard to say. But what's clear is, is that there's a raised consciousness about the negative parts of plastic, and that's mm. not going away. Now, how you ad- embrace that and mm. deal with that in whatever industry you're in, I think, is is now up for co- corporations. But, it, but if you wants to be in the food sector and you wanted to do something 
you know, r- really interesting and, and you want to look for a business opportunity, there is a huge business opportunity at the moment to look at materials and different ways of doing things rather than going to product development. Don't you think? Definitely. Definitely. And I, th- I think there's also, a, a, you know, we're talking about, you know, cheese counters. There's, there's a there's a journey back to people wanting to know about products and product stories. So it's actually about what's in the can or in the product rather than how it's packaged, which has been kind of, I think we spent a lot of time over the years, you know, building big cereal boxes and big things that look the part. But actually what really matters is what's in it and, mm. and what's the impact that it does on the environment. Yeah. Mm. And I think another interesting thing about this trend with the with the redu- reduction in plastic and, and with some others that are happening at the moment, perhaps the veganism thing, the plant-based thing, is that they, they appear to be more driven by consumers than some other trends where where a big corporation like Unilever will say, Well, let's, you know, let's try and turn this thing into form, a trend or form you know, a yeah, market, form a market yeah, yeah. or create something out of nothing. Whereas because this is, these issues are something that people are so passionate about, some people anyway, um, they they really go out and make it happen. Like we mm-hmm. had um, uh, Sean from uh, Plastic Planet on uh, many, many episodes ago. Sean Sutherland. Yeah. Sean Th- Sutherland, that's it, yeah. And, you know, they've been campaigning for years to get a plastic-free aisle in a supermarket. And I think only very recently did they m- make the first one of those happen in Amsterdam, I believe it was. But you know what really annoys me about that? Sean and all her you know, colleagues have been doing that for years and years and years it's been a real slog you know and all sorts of other things and then you see the daily mail front page going we've our campaign succeeded in mm. getting and you know, think you bunch yeah. of shysters you know <laughs> the daily mail I don't but you see oh, yeah. it and I then think she like, walked past one on the floor somewhere yeah. it's like ah oh, headline you, how can is. you suddenly claim somehow that you know some poor person's been battering away for years and years and years and yeah. all of a sudden it's a male campaign but, but the thing and it though does is, help but it, it does helps. tell I mean that's the problem is, is that if you know while it's lovely to sit in, in London and you know with the benefit of you know what we do which is to speak to incredible people who are breaking rules and breaking industries it actually does take as much as we may snarl at the Dirty Mail and you know other other tabloids it's only when they really get behind mm. something that actually it goes from, you know, mm. sort of the Guardian FT reading, you know, intelligentsia, you know, who voted that, Remain. Well, don't, don't you put me in that bit. Um, to, <laughs> you know, the, the, uh, a, a wider group actually go, no, you know, actually, mm. yeah. this makes sense. I mean, we, we're very, very fortunate that, uh, I mean, yeah, Sky, people like Sky as an example. Sean as well, big fan of Sean and the Plastic Planet team. Um, Things didn't, a can of water was only a can of water to a lot of people until yeah. Sky, that, Daily yeah. Mail, all these people started talking about how bad the problem is. Um, I think that, yeah, that has definitely, that definitely, helps, yeah. yeah. That. So your timings, you're pretty good, eh? It's, well, it's I, all been timing. Well, it's I think just, it's worth saying, though, that, I mean, I met you guys at a, a Taste of London event, I think, in 2015. Yeah. And so that was before all of this had blown up. Yes. Um, and so even though right now timing is great because you're, you've are got over that initial inertia of getting started and getting the product to market and getting amazing branding, now you can capitalise on, on that. But when you first started, it wasn't really on everyone's radar like Pe- it is now. Yeah, people didn't understand. Um, we wanted to create something that had purpose and made a difference but we knew that one of the hardest things was going to be changing people's behavior and sort of getting people to understand um but yeah the timing has just been absolutely everything. incredible yeah. so how did you get into all this what was the sort of the, the starting Great point question um so we're three best friends all grew up in the same um same area um near watford um and uh 
it was sort of uh, an amalgamation of a few different things. Um, we went to Thailand. We saw uh, how bad the problem actually was. Um, and when that happened, we were also talking about creating uh, a product that, yeah, as I said before, not only visually looked very appealing, um, but also had a purpose. Finding a solution. Yeah. So were you in Thailand on an environmental mission? No, what, not what at all. No, not they at were all. out going out on holiday. Like <laughs> <drinking. laughs> we were out. <laughs> Let's face it. Let's we, we, I, I just had to. We were out there on holiday. Yeah. Um, and I think one of the main you things. You see the islands there. Well, yeah, exactly. And I think mm. one of the main things is is that um, we aren't environment. We aren't three environmentalists. Um, we are three young guys who we, we live in London where we live we don't see obviously the ocean yeah. or what's yeah. going on we and the problem the exactly um so we thought let, let's let, let's see what we can do and we came up with this idea um to put water in a can and I think I say it to a lot of people because a lot of people do ask this question how did you get into this I think that 99% of people would just say what like would laugh at the idea or would have laughed at the idea of a can of water I but mean, not now not now mm. Mm. and and the point of of you choosing aluminium um for you know to house the yes. water a better word is it's got the highest recycling rate of any drink on the market so um so aside from me you probably reuses them a couple of times but but if you if you do then recycle them your can can literally be back on the shelf in as little as six weeks yes Yes. So aluminium, one of the main yeah purposes of going into aluminium is because after doing some research, we realised that aluminium is the most recyclable material in be within beverages. More um, so than glass. Yes. I mean, yes. It's probably a quicker mm. process. Yeah, there, there's, yeah. I mean, obviously glass, I believe, is also quite heavy as well. There mm. is... Yeah. There, that's what there I'm saying about having this in your bag. Is, is it just, just doesn't weigh the, much. The, but also transportation costs and, cool. and the yeah. 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 Storage, yeah. yeah, glass is great, um, but we found that it's not as practical. It no. smashes. A lot of people actually, um, in some areas, the council have actually banned glass within bars or restaurants or, or mm. a few different, <laughs> different sort of different places, um, especially hotels. But yeah, we're 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 not against glass at all. It's just for, for us, aluminium. It was more of a um, an on the go alternative and uh, does it does it change the flavor pro profile of the water itself like because i imagine water and plastic is you know it's going to eventually kind of start getting that plasticky feel of course um no it does i mean i'm obviously biased because <laughs> i'm one of the co-founders of the brand but um it it, it, it tastes great from a can um cans uh, stay colder for a lot longer i think people are very used to drinking out of plastic um, so to them, it's it's normal. Sort well, funny of enough, taste. I don't know whether it's my upbringing or whatever. I feel much more comfortable drinking out of a can. I hate drinking out of a bottle. Yeah, I think my mum's going to tell me. A off. lot of people <laughs> say the same. Yeah, whereas drinking out of cans seems fine to me, but drinking yeah. out of bottles like a bit uncouth. But it's interesting when I opened the, the, your your can last night, yes. my two children were like, "Oh, can I have some of that?" Because actually, they don't drink. We, you know, we do not have no, you know, fizzy drinks in I our don't house. Drink fizzy drinks, so no. for them, they were like, "Can that's kind of cool." So yeah. for, for yeah, a five year old, that was like, "I'm used to my bottle. I'm constantly going to school with my bottle of water, which is you know re refillable." Of course, but you know, actually, so it's quite interesting. Actually, I think there's a generational thing here, yeah. which is. Actually, for the younger generation, they're just used to plastic bottles. That's all they it's see. It's true. Mm. I mean, look at Red Bull as an example. Um, 
obviously it's very it's a very sugary drink um shouldn't really be promoted to to young kids but as a brand it's such an incredible brand mm. um, and i think that me too like i also i i relate to cans as being quite cool um i, I hate the look of plastic bottles i always have really and i think that the, there the is one, something more yeah the one that drives me mad is that fiji water i'm just thinking you can't get worse than that can you What's the a Fiji plastic water? bottle that's water that's transported from Fiji, and we live in the UK. It's like, oh, you can't get but it, something I mean, less there's even, some even worse things than that. There was there's a, a brand that I think they launched into Harrods, and they had a bottle of water which was like seventy or eighty pounds, and it would <laughs> had been harvested. I'm using that word you like that too word. much. I like that word, obviously. Yeah. But they they take the, these missions to the the polar ice cap region, oh, and they can take this you know blocks of glacial ice. And they melt it into a you know fancy looking bottle. Sell it for eighty quid or something. Absolute madness. But I have to. I uh, there are a lot of organisations that claim to sort of champion. Um, I'll be very careful with my words here. Um, Don't go try on, to, go on, go on, go try on. to champion you know more sustainable eating, and yet they will promote bottled water from beyond the shore of the country you're in. Mm. And I understand, you know, we are blessed in this country with a grotesque amount of rain. Yes, we are. Um, <laughs> today and it's raining I, today. I, I, I got absolutely usual. so cool, soaked on my bike this morning. Um, you know, and the reality is we do not, we should not be importing any mineral water to this country. It's just insanity. Mm. Um, we should have enough mineral water in this country to be able to, you know, if we're not using tap, we should be able to use that. And that for me is... But to be fair, you, you could extreme. say that about apples and pears and all sorts of things. It's, yeah. it's ridiculous. You could, but somehow wa- I, I, I find water really, really kind of grates with me because it mm. just doesn't seem like... Mm. I don't think... I understand there are certain fruits and things that taste different and, and uh, you know, I mean, you know, I, I can certainly think of, of, sure. of reasons for that, but... Flavour reasons. I can't with water. Well, I'm going to have a little break now because Ollie's going to go off on one. I can feel it coming. Um, can you, Guy? Uh, so can yes. we ask, so where, so where is the water from? <laughs> it's, it's not from the UK. Isn't it? Um, oh, no. There's reasons. Okay, go on. Um, let's, let's have them. You see, I'm not going to go from one. one well, them. you fell right into that, Josh. <laughs> Josh was thinking, <laughs> I was sitting I've here got waiting. out of here. Wait, I'm going to get out of here. Who's going to end it? Um, you can't have everything. I think that one of the main things is that, yeah, when we started this, we wanted to get it um, filled in the UK. And it was something that wasn't possible when we when we first started. And why? What's the? Um, one of the main things is that most um, factories were wouldn't put water in a can. They were worried that there would be a residual taste of energy drinks or beer or Coca Cola that are going through the pipes. Um, one of the main things that we had to do when we first started was um, pay a little bit extra to get uh, the factory to do an acidic clean of their pipes. Um, it was something that just it just wasn't possible and it's something that we're still battling and still trying to yeah to bring back so where back is here. so where is it bottled? everything is um produced in austria everything so yeah the lid the can um the filling everything but that's, that's ridiculous you can't can't get you know you can't even though you want to you can't get it done but obviously there are there are canning plants in the uk yes who should be able to do it yes they just can't at the moment they can't meet our requirements right so if you think you can meet josh's requirements please you no know, please, please email me yeah. yes we would love a chat no, look, yes. and look the, the, the bottom line for me is a huge difference between yours which you're saying look i would like to do this but i yeah, can't currently definitely. because of the supply yeah. chain mm. and another thing which is a brand proposing yes. that we drink fiji or glacial water which yes. is clearly yeah, which is a completely great. different for, for us oh don't get me wrong our water is fantastic um and everyone comments on our water about how good it is um 
but for us i think the packaging is also it, it, it is, is is if not more more important um well because you you know people are buying this on the go they're not going to order it off your website that's not how it's going to work is it we actually do get quite yeah but, but, but mostly what you're going for is, yes. is, is almost oh, impulse buy definitely. yeah i need some water definitely. oh that's interesting oh, you know, so, so packaging's everything so Got where are you sold at the moment apart from christopher rayburn's uh, giveaway <laughs> fashion show um we launched in selfridges okay. um a lot of people shop there every day yeah. yes Selfridges is actually a very interesting story. Good I don't know if we've got time. Can we have a little break and yeah, we'll yeah, come course, back? Of course, um, yeah, definitely. so we'll have some water. We'll let, cool. let Ollie calm down a bit. Cool. <laughs> and then, yes, that would be great of to find course, out definitely. that. Okay, great. We're we'll back in a couple of minutes. No surprise, darling. Something to celebrate. We've just got a very tasty government cash reward for innovation. All that blood, sweat and late nights finally paid off then. How come? Thanks to our buddies at Breakthrough Funding. Yeah, sorry, just slipped out. It all sailed through painlessly in no time at all. Over 40k, thank you very much, and the planet will benefit too. And new shoes for me? <laughs> Cheers. Your company could qualify for innovation cash too. Find out online now by answering just six qualifying questions at BreakthroughFunding.com. Yeah! So Ollie's still having a rant during the during the break, and uh, do you want to carry on your rant? I'm no, not having a rant. No, no, no. no. It's good, and it's a, it's it's, a, it's an important topic to debate. I think, um, it is. and as you say, you know that there is a generational thing about having water, and and I and, and I don't, you know, I'm not in the habit of, of carrying water around because because I never did, you know, when I was younger and whatever, and it just wasn't. Well, you didn't have bottled water for a start. Yeah. So, so, Sue and I just went on a sort of history journey. We went back to Chernobyl. I was I was, I was telling a story of how. <laughs> I, my first memory of plastic bottled water was when my mother used to have, like, they bought large bottles of plastic water in case, you know, there was radioactive pollution in you know, in the water supply of London after Chernobyl. And that was a real concern yeah. in 1980, whatever it was. Mm. And, you know, now we've got different concerns about plastic water, which is obviously about what, you know, mm. well, plastic water, the plastic yeah, floating around in the water. Hmm. And and uh, we've done a little swap here because we've got the we've got the two um, co-founders um, of uh, Can of Water, and obviously we've been talking to a uh, Josh White, um, Ariel Booker. You've just swapped over and nicked his microphone yes, now, so have your indeed. turn, haven't you? Yes, yeah. <laughs> I felt a bit left out. You did, didn't you? Mm. Oh, sorry about that. On the sidelines. Yeah, um, and uh, in the break as well, we were talking about the fact that you know you've gone into Selfridges. Yes. Um, and and was that a deliberate? You know, let's go there first, or or did they just come to you out of the blue anyway because you were. Different. I mean, it, it was fairly deliberate for us. We, when we started the brand, we saw ourselves as, you know, a, a high-end looking and feeling product. So we thought we'll aim high. And we sent a couple of emails out with this beautiful brochure that we created. We still didn't have a product at the time. We hadn't even <laughs> tried it, but we, uh, we created a concept. We sent an email to Selfridges and they got back to us within a day. And it just so happened as you were talking earlier that timing is everything. Um, they were launching Project Ocean, which was their conservation project where they removed all single-use plastic bottles in water to start with uh, from their offering. And we turned up as the canned alternative. These guys are blessed, aren't they, in terms of timing? So, um, Selfridges, you know, without those guys giving us our first order, um, we probably would have had a number of months mm -hmm. of, of more work to do, but it was yeah. it was very soon after we developed the concept that we had a committed purchase order from those guys and it and, really and gave us... And if you us get into Selfridges, do, do, do you feel that gives you cachet 
to then get into other places or, or, or not? Because you're not a great fan, are you really, well, Ollie? Uh, yeah. Because you don't feel like people shop there. It's, it's like a bit of a destination and not really a food shop. The reality is, is that Selfridges has a role in, you know, in the same ways that Harrods and Fortnum's and all those places have a role in establishing a very high-end niche series of trends. Um, and it, the truth is, for small brands, it is great, you know, credibility. It's like it's, you know, it's hey. great confirmation. Mm. Yeah. Um, for us, it's enabled us to then, when we started with Selfridges, go to other businesses like Whole Foods, for example, and say, right, we're in Selfridges, and you know, quite quickly, you, you they know you, that you've reached a particular yeah, you, standard. You, you yeah. get yeah. their ear at least for them to give you five more minutes than they would have done without that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great launchpad for for premium brands yes. like yours. It is a great launchpad. I suppose my only concern about it is it is not indicative of anything in the food market of the UK in the sense that you know, the people who shop there are uh, you know, an absolute super elite, a minority. It's a sort of micro environment all of its own. Yeah, in one yeah. part of London. You know, it's yeah. not even, you know, you know, somewhere where there's five or six shops. Mm-hmm. It, it's a very particular thing. Mm. Yeah, for, for us, it, it wasn't about being a premium brand. It was really about them giving us an opportunity. Um, we don't see ourselves necessarily as a premium brand because we are an alternative to plastic bottles that should be available to everyone. So as we have grown, we've really started to work with a lot more other businesses that maybe at the beginning we wouldn't have done because we wanted to get into some really good places mm. and let it trickle down. Mm. So um, you've settled in now, I think, hopefully, Caitlin. I have, have you, Caitlin about, Stanley. You. So, so you've just arrived because of horrendous traffic in London. Mm. Um, thank you for make, going that extra mile for us. Now, um, you you work with uh, Melissa, I believe, yes. um, at Catcher's Magic Candy Factory. Yes. And that is to do with 3D printing. Mm-hmm. So we all think, I think we all know what 3D printing now is. So particularly in plastic, it's it's like tiny, thin layers of things that you build up, you know, like mm-hmm. very, very thin Lego and you make shapes and all sorts of things out of it. People start using 3D printing with chocolate and all sorts of other things. What do you use your 3D printing for? So we've actually developed the world's first 3D printer for confectionery. It's actually the first food safe um, 3D printer that's available for consumers. So at the moment we're 3D printing with confectionery. We use a very unique blend of vegetable and fruit extracts to make uh, the ingredients that you, you see before you now. Um, they're so all... Do you mind if I describe that before we do Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So Ollie is beside himself with excitement <laughs> because in front of him he has got a, a gummy castle haven't you? I, I do. My, my son is obsessed by night. So when I saw this, oh, I was like, this is seriously exciting. And, and so it's it's uh, green and yellow and about the size of your hand. And, and it's 3D and it, it's um, it's got turrets and everything. And I presume you can eat it. Yeah, absolutely. You can try some if you like. We can't because he's got to give it to his son. <laughs> can we can we try it? So you've got another one there. What was that? Is that a diet? No, is that a diet? So what was that one? There's, we can 3D print all types of different things in the confectionery. Um, what you're looking at now is of the castle is the gummy giant. Um, that one will take around 20 minutes to print. Um, we can do wow. about five different flavours. The logos that we've done for you guys are all single flavoured and they only take less than five minutes to print. So I've got a, I've got a piece of um, cardboard in front of me and you've um, 3D printed the Food Talk Show in sort of lettering, but it's not because I've just eaten the D. I'm just about <laughs> well, to eat well, the T. we photographed it. Oh, yeah, sorry about that. I've, I've oh, well, don't eat shot. yours. Oh, no, you have. We've recorded uh, time lapses of all of them being printed, so oh, we can okay. send you the time um, so, oh, so when you said that so the, the castle takes 20 minutes to print, yeah. that's quite a long time. 
time. Actually, 3D printing, by 3D printing standards, that's very, very quick. Most plastic can take hours. It can actually be really boring to watch a 3D printer, especially with chocolate as well, because it takes so long to dry. Um, it, this is actually the fastest 3D printer in the world as well. It's amazing. Wow. When I was reading the research for this and it said you print uh, gummy sweets, I was I was kind of expecting like little gummy bears pastels. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. like all fruit pastels or something. or something like that. This is completely can, can I just have a look at that thing? Surprising. What is, what is that that you've printed there, Caitlin? This one is a, a, deer. a deer. Yeah. Oh, yeah, deer's head. You were oh, looking it upside wow, down. Yeah. That's amazing. So that's incredible. So so we've got a deer uh, and it's, it's got quickly. its... Um, antlers and everything it's beautiful orangey color and actually when you look at it you can now see the layers actually the, yeah. the 3d layers fantastic so i mean so this is clearly something quite new um how so how are people using this what is this is the people doing this for sort of fun games is it you know for presents what is so or people buying the printers the vision behind magic candy factory is all about customization and allowing the consumer to really get involved in the creativity process of manufacturing and allowing them to essentially make anything that they that they want so we can 3d print logos messages greeting cards shapes uh, gummy giants uh, the we call these the sweet selfies so we can literally take a photograph of anyone and turn it into candy and 3d print it in oh under five God, minutes that's incredible <laughs> if you ever wanted to eat your face in candy <laughs> is, is that one of sue that's not me that is, is it marilyn monroe this one's <laughs> david beckham oh yeah can i eat david beckham i've always wanted to do that <laughs> you are more than welcome to eat david beckham <laughs> he's got quite i should say he has quite large Green. eyebrows He's all green. I think it's just, just in case anyone's, it's, it's only his face before you get too excited. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no, pass David over, will you? Mm. David Beckham. And, so, uh, yeah, you, but, fantastic. But there's also other, I mean, from, from what we've heard, you're also doing things beyond the world of sweets. We are developing a concept around personalised nutrition. Um, at the moment, that's going through patent applications, so I can't talk too much about it, but it is using the same type of technology that we have developed for Magic Candy Factory. I've just eaten David Beckham's hair. So he's gone back to um, he's gone back to being, you know, clean shaven again, you know, over his head. Mm. Do you want to try David Beckham? Imagine there's a large demand for sort of, you know, Trump type image. Oh, God, that would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah. We have printed him in marvellous mango, actually, which nice. is a very vibrant orange colour. Mm, yes. So these are, um, Brilliant. These are vegetable-based um, and they're all sort of natural fruit and vegetable extracts. Um, and they're okay, aren't they, for vegans? For yeah, they're completely allergen-free. Um, they're halal and kosher-friendly, um, vegan. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, it's it's candy. We're not saying it's healthy for you, but it's not as bad as some of the other yeah. items out there. You know, a logo would be around about eighty calories, so it's not. Hmm. It's not going to make you. Well, I've just nearly eaten the food talk show one, <laughs> apart from eating <laughs> David Beckham's so head. It, so if it's not uh, animal-based gelatin. Where does the we where does use, that come from? We use a pea pectin. Mm, pea, okay. yeah. Oh wow! Mm. So um, the, uh, there's so many questions I want to ask. I don't even know where to start. Really. <laughs> so if we just if, if we just stay on the sort of you know the sort of sweet side. Yeah. Uh, um. So so how did you start that? And what on earth? I mean, so, what were you thinking? Well, I mean, what were you thinking? Yeah. <laughs> well, indeed. Melissa came up with the concept. She's the uh, we call her the head magician. We're all magicians. I'm brand magician. Melissa is head magician. Um, she founded Goody Good Stuff, which was the world's first vegan gummy candy range. Um, and from that business, she wanted to find a way to 
allow the consumer to create their own products and really get involved in that process. So obviously when you're manufacturing huge volumes of an item, you can't customise it Absolutely. for each individual. So that's how she came up with the idea of 3D printing. Um, she did loads of research, went into an R&D stage, which took about 12 months. Um, and now the hardware, the software and our ingredients are all under painting. So you've had to make your protection. own... Or, or at least bastardise your own type of 3D printer Absolutely, to make this work yeah. specifically for food and yeah. it, it to be health and safety. And, you yeah, know, all yeah that we've gone stuff. through all the food regs and it's yeah, completely approved wow. now. We launched it just under two years ago um, in Dubai and now we're in retail outlets all over the world, mainly in the Middle East and the USA. So you're actually selling the machines as opposed to the, so the stuff itself? We sell and lease the machines into retail outlets. We were in John Lewis just before Christmas in seven seven stores in a pop-up kiosk. Um, that went did really, really well. So, yeah, we're, we're all over Europe, Middle East, USA, New Zealand, China. And but, we've also started doing events now as well. And Ollie, this really taps into this... Um, food as experience as opposed to just just shopping yeah i mean i think i think you know this kind of stuff is is a great example of where technology and Mm. and food are coming together in a Mm. really exciting way and i think people you know want stories to tell and and you know too often um you know this sort of stuff is actually not attainable but i mean actually i'm assuming these so how much would the castle set me back he's Um, so excited about the castle about 20 pounds about 20 pounds yeah a normal uh greeting card or just the just a selfie would be around seven, eight pounds. And can people go online and buy, so upload an image? And yeah, they can go on our it? website and do it. Um, yeah, that's, that's it's all on our www.magiccandyfactory.com. There you go. Really yeah. interesting. I mean, it's a big trend, isn't it? This whole idea of personalization. Uh, you mentioned personalized nutrition, which is obviously a shame we can't talk about that in too much detail because you're in the middle of the process. But personalized everything is is now possible through the power of technology. And... I think that idea of personalizing your food or, or, you know, being able to get something that you want exactly when you want it is, is a really, really powerful thing. Mm. And, and so, but if you wouldn't mind talking a little bit more about the medicine thing, it's a real issue, isn't it, with, with children who have got to take some pretty serious medicines yeah. be, because they've got a really awful, you know, problem they've got to deal with. Um, and particularly younger children trying to get them to take, to take those medicines. That's a real thing that you've identified, hasn't it? And that, uh, and that you, you feel you might be able to use this technology to help in that area. Yeah, absolutely. Children that are really sick and, you know, of course they don't want to be taking loads of different tablets or, and you know, hard. Some of them are really big and it's, of course, I don't want to be doing that. So we've, we think we found a way for them to do it in a more enjoyable, st- stressless and tastier way. To yeah. yeah. And, and bearing in mind... Those sorts of things are a stressful situation anyway, mm. um, and actually the delight on Ollie's face, you know, looking. Yeah. But 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 that, that's the point, isn't it? it? It it can make it interesting and and a little bit of joy Absolutely, as opposed to yeah. adding and make to the it stress. Personal for them yeah. because it's you know the fact that we give children the same paracetamol or or whatever that we would take ourselves is not necessarily correct, really. And and if you're going to personalise anything, it should be your health, and we should be giving people the correct dosage that they actually need. Mm. I mean, very, very worthy, and that, that, that's amazing, and a great way to use this sort of technology. Yeah, It's mm. interesting, though, because we, we, we sort of talked about 3D printing of food before, and I remember seeing Barilla printed, have a pasta printing project, which okay. is, um, I think it's called um, Planet Blue or something, um, and they basically can produce Barilla pasta to any shape that you design. 
<laughs> and I mean, obviously you have to be a chef, you have to be kind of a certain part of the industry. But I mean, it was an extraordinary thing to kind of eat because actually they were able to create these amazing pasta shapes. But it definitely is something we, we're seeing more and more of. And the question mm. is, is where, where's the most interesting use case? And I certainly think the one of actually giving kids medicine that is mm. designed very, it's very hugely valuable. It's hugely it? valuable. Yeah, that's great. A lot of what we've seen is quite sort of I mean, I do fun. feel that 3D printing for me is like a bit of a novelty. And it hasn't managed yet yeah. to break out of that. Yeah. Um, and, and people are using it particularly in food as, you know, you know as some type of draw or, or some sort of novelty. But I don't find it particularly inspiring, um, really. I mean, this is great fun, but, but I don't yeah, find it to have is, a particular yeah, use. Yeah, exactly. This is a really enjoyable and a great creative process, but it's not, as, as, you, mean, as you say, it's not essential in the pharmaceutical industry, we are actually testing with medicines in mm. hospital in Barcelona at the moment. Um, so fingers crossed wow. that. I, I wish I could talk about it more. But no, no, that's fine. That's Melissa fine. would love to come back and tell you about yeah, it when, it, when do. it is launched. I mean, we also have another programme called the Tech Talk Show, and uh, we've had some people there on, on 3D printing. The most exciting part of that for me is, is, is people are beginning to 3D print organs and, you know, yeah. uh, bodily it's parts. It's, um, it's just incredible. And the thought of where that may go yeah. um, in helping people is, is, is just amazing, don't you think? Oh, God. Totally. Don't even just blow I mean, your mind, really. But I think what's extraordinary, though, is, I mean, you know, you, you fast forward, you know, when, when we all had sweets as kids, they were pretty standard, boring things. Mm. You know, they still had their sort of Willy Wonka imagination to them. But now you look at a world where actually you can hand a child a 3D printed castle. It's <laughs> kind of bonkers. I mean, the level, of, the level of expectation... You're going to be a hero about, tonight, aren't you? Well, I'm not sure. I think, I think I'm on bedtime tonight, so there's <laughs> no way he's getting it at six o'clock before we try and put him down. I might show it to him and then say, you can't oh, eat this for two days. You can't show it's it and then hide it for two days. horrible, isn't he? Yeah. That's <laughs> dreadful. You know what happens when you give five-year-old boys, you know, a lump of sugar before bed? Not good. <laughs> Nothing good comes out of that. Could have it for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, not, not. Um, some interesting facts, though, about um, 3D printing. Um, the global market for 3D printing services is expected to grow to almost $50 billion uh, by 2025. Whereas Good I to know. <laughs> yeah, so you're in, the, you're in the right market. But I really don't see many, you know, huge uses for this in, in, in the food area, um, unless you're sort of moving over to the health side. Um, there was a woman who came in and we spoke to a few months ago who was printing, um, we were talking about gin and then tonic and then you the ability to kind of actually print things that um, had different layers. It was like spherification. Yeah. Um, and it, it was playing, for, it was play stuff for Michelin Star Trek yeah. chefs to be able to create extraordinary, um, you know, food experiences. But it, you know, it's not but again, it's, it's novel- not solving a... But again, it's novelty it's novel- for me. Yeah, and the same with your pasta um, example. Um, and the reason for that, um, isn't it, Caitlin, is, is, is quite a slow process. I know you've managed to speed it up, but it's an individualised, slow process. I think generally 3D printing is quite boring to watch because of how <laughs> slow, slow it takes. But part of the, the point of Magic Candy Factory was also to introduce children to this new technology, which is becoming more and more popular and... The lovely thing about our process is that the child can actually design their candy themselves on our interactive app. They can put it through themselves. They pick what flavour they want, you know, how big they want it. And then they can actually watch it come to life right before them, mm-hmm. which, you know, 3D printing. Ollie's going to get one. No, I, 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 I just when you say how big they want, I can just hear my two-year-old daughter going, how big do you want it? Extra big. It's like never seen me small. But I, th- I think there is there are two things here that we're talking about. Obviously, one is the the novelty suite aspect. One is the slightly more serious medicinal aspect. 
But if you combine those two, you've got something really powerful, which mm-hmm. is you're able to reach children who are perhaps in a really negative position, you know, might have a very serious illness, and you can bring some surprise and delight into their life. Mm. And then also, you know, teach them about some technology and then give them the thing that is going to, you know, keep them going. And when you combine those two things, that's a that's a magical thing. Yeah. But I think one of the other things you were saying, though, Caitlin, is it allows you to um, individualise the um, amount that that person gets to that drug so they're getting mm. the appropriate thing. So it's not just about delight, it's about making sure they get exactly the right yeah, dose. Yeah, exactly. Those two points, I think, are really important that the, the child can actually almost enjoy you know that that part of their day, and also that it, it's a lot more effective in in the dosage that we're giving them. And mm. um, have you got any thoughts on that, Ariel? Um, it's interesting technology. It's very you, interesting. You might be able to three D print your cans. I'd, I'd, I'd love to. Take um, about hundred years. You know. Save a lot of money as well. Uh, in the long run, not the short mm. term. Mm. Um, no, it's extremely interesting. I'd love one for home. Yeah, just to muck around. Yeah, just absolutely. So, how, how much are the machines to buy? Did we did we mention that already? No, no, no we that, haven't. That, the, the a face lot. there says a lo- more, <laughs> than, more than we can afford. Yeah. <laughs> but you lease them as well as sell we them. We do lease, yeah. I mean, obviously the price varies depending on how many sure. in the market. How many you need, Guy? You know. uh, <laughs> I barely need one, but <laughs> we'd be interested <laughs> to know how much one is. It, it is quite a lot. Come on, she's not saying. <laughs> to, to the, sell the number would be different packages to sell is around £10,000. Yeah, there you go. And can, how can complicated is the stuff that goes into it so when you're selling for example into a retail environment like the john lewis example are you guys then managing that pop-up or is it actually quite simple to hand over no so we we would normally do quite simple skype training with the retail staff and the 3d printers are really really easy to use i'm not actually very technical myself i struggle to operate the paper printer in our office (laughs) but i can actually use the magic yeah. candy factory easier so you just set them up for we it. set them yeah. up we send them their ingredients all the packaging that they need and we we can access any printer all over the world remotely as well so we're always on hand to help and mm. yeah it's quite a quite a simple process really and quite a good thing to you know if you're launching a new shop or just to get some some people in through the door to just to highlight what you're doing i mean quite an attraction i would imagine yeah this is why a lot of retailers like us because obviously with the growth of online shopping people are trying to attract people into their stores more and i think it's making that shopping experience more interactive and more creative and bit of fun yeah putting the fun back mm. into shopping really um, and, and the other thing in terms of branding and stuff like that it's quite good fun isn't it if you're if you're doing a launch and you know if you were doing i don't know food rush launch and you could you could you know what we've got here is beautiful is mm, yeah, yeah we've really literally good. got the food talk show written in gummy bears before you ate it oh well it now says the faux show yes but um the fomo show but quite good quite a good talking point yeah yeah absolutely if you're doing something uh like in person and physical i mean almost every aspect of the things that i do personally are uh digital and online but uh but yeah if you were doing an event or something like that uh i can imagine it's good for corporates you know corporate we've done uh, a lot of events get to go get together like kpmg Citibank, uh, nickelodeon facebook where they'll hire us and you know we can customize the actual printers themselves to have that that business logo all over it um so it's you could put 50 million user profile through the facebook technology and then print out (laughs) what it looks like as a digital (laughs) thing to eat yeah they'd love that that. Mm. and can you print anything else or are you just set up for these these gummy bears we are again testing with other ingredients but at the moment it is just the candy Mm. because because we do see people doing this in chocolate don't we Occasionally. I ha- I have I haven't seen the 3D chocolate printing. Mm. Um, 
I don't think I've eaten any, but I've definitely seen it at, um, I think we were at Food Matters Live and we yeah. saw some there. Um, I mean, you can imagine how, th- I mean, this, I mean, gummy bears, I'm assuming actually, because of the stickiness of it, is sort of made for 3D printing. Whereas other stuff is, I mean, what, what, what's in terms of printing in 3D, what's complicated in terms of food It's got stuff? to be liquidy and there's got to be something that's, that that's hardens, yeah, yeah sets, which is why chocolate's right. ideal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But also you were saying that the process, the time it takes for chocolate to set is actually quite slow. It's, yeah, I think what the actual printing of it as well, because it's so temperature sensitive, chocolate mm. is, is a lot more difficult than candy. Um, we are working on it at the moment and we do have a prototype, which we will hopefully be launching uh, later this year. Well, interesting stuff. I mean, and that's going to go into all sorts of areas. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to see it going into the health area. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's, yeah, that, yeah that's amazing. Um, so thank you very much for bringing that in. Yeah. You were going to bring in an actual 3D printer, but we couldn't fit it in the studio. But know, never mind. We, small yeah. the, the printers themselves aren't massive, but yeah. Just, we are in a broom cupboard, <laughs> so, so just so you've got the visual, you know, this printer is bigger. I like to sit close to you, Ollie. That's no, no, it's because like, of echoes. Like it's the reason for it. Just like it to be cosy. It's very cosy. <laughs> mm, irony in my voice there. Um, so, um, thank you very much, Caitlin, for thank coming you. all that way. I know you got stuck in traffic. That's that's really kind of you. And it's Catcher's Magic Candy Factory. And if if it's something you want to have a look at, um, or you want to hire in, yes. MagicCandyFactory.com. Nice yes. and easy. All the details will be on our website. Um, and Josh and Ariel, so thank you so much for bringing in Cano Water timing's impeccable thank you for having us yeah i like the brand i think it's nice simple yeah, clean, yeah really exactly good. right that's yeah, what it exactly says on right. the tin <laughs> yeah it does say what it says on ron the tin mm, ron seal um and um again uh, impeccable timing i think and um, um I, I really like this because because i like the lightness of it you know and the portability of it i much prefer that to a plastic bottle mm. you can literally get those anywhere now can't you because i see them all over the place yeah we've got a, a lot of coverage with the likes of avocado whole foods uh, in london we're very well covered in places like source market as nature yeah. intended but over the last six months we've um we've been working with a lot of distributors up and down the country so uh, yeah yeah there's, that's really good there's no shortage of no so keep your eyes out uh, uh, for those they'll be in the uh, in the chiller cabinet and um, it'll be a bit weird because it's a can and not a bottle yeah. so, so mm. try it and then if you want to chat somebody up this this was josh's advice mm-hmm. just you, know, you can then show them how to open it can't you josh <laughs> <laughs> and um, if you want to find out about that although it will be all around you it's cano water so c-a-n-o canowater.com and um but you'll you'll probably see it in most places i, w- I would suggest hopefully so yeah so good luck with that um thanks again to my um, my lovely co-presenters so thank you guy routledge of digital sapling sapling digital got that around the wrong way in food rush <laughs> thank you very much always <laughs> um, a pleasure yeah pleasure and um anything exciting coming up for you for um few? anything exciting many exciting things uh, i've got a new podcast to tell you about at some point um but uh yeah we'll maybe tease that for a future episode mm, i think i was on it you were you on it me well done yeah <laughs> um and thanks again to ollie lloyd of great british chefs um and your cookbooks coming along okay that you crowdfunded that we've yeah, been talking actually, about the, um, the one thing i haven't talked about is we've just launched a cookbook club on facebook so Have we you? if you so every month we pick a cookbook and the first one was jeremy pang's hong kong um diner food and the second one was marcus waring's cookbook and every month people basically cook recipes from that cookbook. We started about eight weeks ago. And it's already got about two and a half thousand 
members and we actually sold out from amazon the first cookbook that we went behind so, oh, wow. uh, so it's been amazing. Uh, everyone's cooking it's really amazing because everyone just gets behind it cooks the recipes shares so, it and talks about it so so the point is that you you know you, you get your new cookery book and actually it means that you can have a have a really nice um debate with people about what you're cooking and how it works and you know and, and what your favorite recipes are in that book and stuff like that exactly it's a book club oh. for cookbooks and um, why did nobody think of that before so that so that so food 52 who are kind of a similar company to us in america um do one and um they've been doing it for about a year we were just like why aren't we doing this mm-hmm. and so we started and it's been it's been huge it's a really good idea and presumably if you just go onto the great british chef's website you'll you can find that out. if you go onto our onto the, our facebook page mm-hmm. um you basically can join it's a closed group so you have to be invited in yep. but then we just make sure you're not we're not getting crawled by people who are actually committed to it mm. and um, you can then join in and you'll find that some people are cooking hundreds of recipes from Excellent cookbooks it's ideas. very impressive yeah very good um, so you've been listening to us a uh, food talk show of course if you've got uh, anybody exciting uh, like Caitlin or Josh uh, to, that we should invite please get in touch with us on Twitter on at a food talk show and if you want to listen to our hundreds of podcasts uh, go to foodtalk.co.uk or you can listen to us on Podbean iTunes or your podcast app So I hope you have a jolly good week. We're going to tuck back into the gummy bears. See you next week. Bye now.